Right, welcome everyone. Uh, unusual hush descending over the room, that's good. And uh, it's great um, uh, that uh, we've managed to overflow the kind of the extra seating that we've got, which is good. Uh, sorry that we're in here, that was a kind of a late notice um, uh, kind of thing that we weren't, weren't in control of. So, but we've made ourselves at home, hopefully. Hopefully you've grabbed a sandwich. Sorry that they're so far away from us today. So if you do fancy a sandwich during the talk, do feel free if you can negotiate your way through the seating. Um, or hopefully you can pick some more up on the way out if you'd like to. Well, I'm excited about today because we're starting a new series. Um, it's a series that I've not had any personal involvement in kind of planning or organising myself, uh, which means I'm probably more excited about it than maybe normal, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's a series that's going to be looking at the life of Joseph, and particularly looking at Joseph as uh, somebody in the workplace, as we see him kind of engaging with his secular world. So Stephen's going to be uh, doing two of the talks, and then Stephen's boss, Christoph Ebbinghaus, who's uh, minister up in East Belfast, is going to be coming in to, to, to do two of them as well. So um, we'll let Stephen explain a little bit more what's, what's going on, but I wonder if you can see there Genesis chapter 39, uh, we've got printed on your handouts. Uh, this is going to be our first passage. Um, and so I'll read that and pray, and then I'll invite Stephen to come up and speak to us about faithfulness in a dead-end job. Uh, so Genesis chapter 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, Potiphar. An Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food that he ate. Well, can I uh, lead us in a prayer to say thank you for the food and to ask God to speak to us? Uh, Father God, thank you for uh, the food that you provided today and the, and the drinks and the opportunity to meet here um, in the middle of uh, the city centre, in the middle of our working days, uh, to hear from your word. And so, Father, we pray that you would speak to us today as we look at this story of Joseph. We pray that these weeks, uh, looking at the life of Joseph and his faithfulness in his work, would inspire us too to be people who are faithful in our workplaces. Uh, We pray that you'll help Stephen as he speaks, and uh, you'll help us to listen, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Well, good afternoon. Um, Yeah, uh, did you notice at the start there how Sam very quickly sort of esponged himself of all responsibility for what's about to happen there? He's like, I have nothing to do with this, anything that goes wrong here, anything that says nothing to do with me. Um, so, uh, hopefully, hopefully there's not uh, too much heresy in the next half an hour, um, and uh, we're able to learn a little bit about, about this, this incredible character of Joseph. Um, we're jumping in sort of partway through the story of Joseph, so we'll, we'll do a little bit of background as we go um, to kind of make sure everybody's on the same page. I, I imagine al- almost all of you know um, the story of Joseph, at least to, to an extent. What if I told you that I know what's going to happen to you this week? What if I told you that I know what's, what's coming 
in the, the next few days for you? What if I told you that this week, by the end of this week, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your family, you're going to lose your friends, your home. Actually, this week, you're going to lose everything. And not only that, but to make a little bit of money, some members of your family are going to sell you to traffickers who are going to force you into slavery in a country far away where you don't even know the language. I wonder if that's what actually faced you this week. How would you feel? How would you feel about God? Abandoned? Doubting? Angry? Would you still want to be a a disciple? Would you still trust Jesus? Would you still even believe in God? What I've just described to you there is exactly where Joseph finds himself at the, the beginning of our passage today. You're probably all familiar, as I said, with the story of Joseph. Joseph, the, the favorite son, given his, his coat of many colors, uh, raised up within this family who worshiped the, the one true God, this, this God who has made a, a covenant with, with Abraham, Joseph's great-grandfather, this promise to make his people a, a, a great nation, to give them a, a land, the, the land that they're living in, and to be faithful to them. As well as being set apart by his father, Jacob, this God has, has also set Joseph apart, giving him these, these dreams that, that one day his brothers and even his father and mothers are all going to bow down before him. When we meet Joseph, he's, he's got a pretty sweet life. And it's understandable that, that it seems to have this we touch a pride about him, something we, we can pick up about Joseph in, in chapter 37. Uh, with those early dreams and how he reacts to his brothers. But the thing to notice is that that's not all we see of Joseph's character. Even in 17-year-old Joseph, we see an incredible faithfulness. In the earlier chapter, we see it demonstrated towards his father. When he journeys, he journeys 50 miles at Jacob's request to find his brothers. And when they aren't there, he goes a further 15 miles to do what his father's asked him to do. In fact, the the whole life of this guy, Joseph, it's a story of true faithfulness to God in the good times and the bad. And there are two key parts of of this passage that I I want us to think about a little bit today. Firstly, verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. And then in verse 3, his master saw that the Lord was with him. And we'll think about the the implications for those, um, for us as Christians. So Joseph is is brought down to Egypt as a prisoner. It's at least a a 15-day journey, bound and shackled. He's brought into this this foreign land where he doesn't speak the language, where he didn't know the customs, where he is is totally and utterly alone. And all of this after being betrayed and almost murdered by those who were closest to him. He's been ripped away from the, the land that God has promised his family from the people God has promised to use. He's gone from being the favorite son, having dreams of his people bowing down before him, to a lowly slave. But in verse 2 we read, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. And you might be tempted to say here, wait, 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 what? 
Does this look like the life of somebody that God is with? His life's in tatters. It's in ruins. From the outside, it, it looks like he's been totally abandoned by God. And yet, the Bible tells us the Lord was with him. I asked you at the beginning, how would you feel if, if something like this happened to you? How would you feel about God? Maybe some of you have, have never experienced that sort of trauma in your life. Things that have, have gone that wrong. Something so awful that you, you question whether God is, is really with you. You maybe even question whether he's real at all. Or maybe you're sitting here today thinking that exact thing. Looking at your life. Things that have gone wrong. The effects of, of living in this broken, fallen world. And you're wondering, where is God in all this? My, uh, some of you know this. My, my father took his own life when I was 10. Um, I wouldn't have said that I was a, a Christian at that time, but I was very involved in church and church work. Um, I had a knowledge of God, but I didn't really know him at that point. And after it happened, I was, I was angry. Uh, I just wanted, I wanted nothing to do with God or his people or church or anything like that. And it's only with hindsight, it's only looking back that I can now see that even, even in that time, God had me in his hands, protecting me, guiding me, bringing me to a place where two years later, he called me into his kingdom. The Lord was with me long before I even knew what that meant. Hindsight's a, a wonderful thing, isn't it? But that's not what we see in the story of Joseph. We don't see Joseph doubting or, or angry or giving up on God only to realize years down the line that God had been with him the whole time. No. Instead, we see Joseph trusting. We see Joseph's faithfulness. Faithfulness to the God of his fathers, the God of the covenant, the God who had always been faithful to his people and who had given him these dreams of a great future. Joseph, he seems to, to hold strong to the, the promises of the past few generations, the promises that God had made to him in those dreams. And it helps him to stay faithful in the most difficult of circumstances. How much more should this be true for us? We don't just have a, a few generations of a faithful God to trust in. We have his full revelation. We don't just have the promises, uh, we just have promises of him being faithful to, to future generations. We've seen the fulfillment of his promises to, to bring us back into relationship with him through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We have God's word filled with his promises that he is with us, with us always to the very ends of the age, as Jesus tells us at the end of Matthew. And through Jesus, we know that the, the God who is with us is the one who, who, who understands the pain and the trials that we go through. Hebrews 4.15 says, for, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. We know from the Gospels that the pain the anguish and the suffering that, that Christ 
willingly went through so that by his sacrifice, we can be restored to that right relationship with God. Jesus has been through it all. He knows the the pain of this fallen world. And so we know that for for those of us who are his disciples, for, for those of us who might become his disciples, the Lord will be with us. And the Lord will help us through. So just like Joseph, we should place our trust and faith in God, whether we're, we're high on the mountaintop or, or in the valley of despair, because God is faithful. And he promises to be with us always. So what was the result for Joseph of his faithfulness? This trust that the Lord was with him through it all. Well, that relationship that that he had with his God was strong. God was with him, helping him to trust that God was in control, that he had everything in hand. And it it seems to, to have led to him working hard, as if he was working for God himself. It's clear from the passage that Joseph worked hard as a slave for Potiphar. The, uh, the Bible commentaries all seem to suggest that he would have started uh, in the kitchens. That was the sort of the usual entry point for new slaves into a household. Um, there, there it would have been unbearably hot. He would have been set to work doing all the, the dirtiest jobs, being beaten for making mistakes, uh, which was probably quite likely at the, the beginning, since he, he wouldn't have had a clue about what was going on. And then we read those words. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. We sometimes get this idea that Joseph was just sort of magicked up into this position of responsibility. That once he was in Potiphar's house, everything just goes right for him. Everything's perfect. But we know that's not how real life works. God was with Joseph, helping him to work hard, to keep his faith, and to keep his focus on God. And it led to him doing an effective job. While the rest of the slaves in the household were likely doing what was required or worked only when they were being watched or threatened, Joseph works hard for his master, trusting that this is all in the hands of his God. He must have quickly learned the language. Not an easy job. He showed his character and his faithfulness in how he completed his tasks, how well he cleaned that kitchen, scrubbed the pots, chopped the veg, and it was noticed. And he gets promoted and promoted and promoted until eventually he ends up in charge of the entire household. And Potiphar leaves everything that he owns in the care of Joseph. We said this last week when I was kind of introducing the the series. It's interesting that unlike, say, Moses or, or Daniel, in this story, the story of Joseph, we get almost no information about what Joseph's relationship with God actually looked like. All we see and all that others in the story see are the results of that relationship, this life that Joseph leads because of that relationship. The vast majority of people we interact with over our lives, they may never see us in a church context. They may never get a look into what our our devotional life looks like. But what they will see are the results of it, the results of our relationship with God, lived out through our actions, our attitudes, how we cope with adversity, how we cope with pressure, how we cope with power. That's what people see. 
One of the great things about the story of Joseph is that it, it gives us this example of what a life lived out in faithfulness to God might look like and the impact that it might have on the, the, by his Spirit's help on the, the lives of those around us. So how does Joseph end up in this high position? If you remember the rest of the story, we know that, that Joseph was appointed and equipped by God for a special task. He was to, to rescue his family from famine and bring them to a safe place where they could become, begin to become this great nation, a nation through whom, at just the right time, Jesus, our Savior, would come. And being put in charge of, of Potiphar's household was clearly a, a preparation for the much larger and, and more difficult task that was to come, that task of steering the whole of Egypt through one of the worst famines in their history. But there's a lot more going on here. Joseph doesn't uh, rise to this role in Potiphar's household just because he's a hard worker. Knows we've already seen that the Lord is with him. The Spirit of God is upon him. In the Old Testament, we see God at, at certain times and for certain purposes pour his Spirit out on certain people to equip them for, for the work that he had called them to do. That very same Spirit that those of us who have put our faith in Christ have received. A few months ago, we, we did a series on the, the fruit that that Spirit of God produces in the lives of his people. And it's very clear from, from reading the whole story of Joseph that that fruit of the Spirit, that, that godly character of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, they kind of seem to perfectly describe the man that Joseph is. And it's noticeable. Potiphar, this Egyptian, this, this pagan, with his own beliefs, his own gods, even he notices that there's something drastically different about this guy, Joseph. And that the character that he had and the life that he lived, it comes from a power far beyond any he knew or worshipped. Verse 3, his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. He saw the difference in the life of Joseph and he thought, the God of his people, he must be a great God indeed. Would that not be an incredible thing? If people looked at us, the work that we do, the character that we show as we go about our daily lives with their ups and downs, and they said, wow, there's something different about the life they lead. The faith, this faith that they talk about, this God that they follow, maybe there's something to this. We never get to see what happens with Potiphar. We don't have any inkling that Potiphar ever turns to God. But that's not the point. The point is that Potiphar sees this difference in Joseph's life. The difference in Joseph's work. And when I say work, I mean the work that God has called us into. Whether that's paid employment, which a lot of you are just coming from and going back to. Whether that's the voluntary work that we do studying, whether that's raising our kids, our grandkids, someone else's kids, or if it's just being the salt and light with the people we meet in the shops every day or on the street. Whether you're 17 like Joseph or you're 70, 
God has given us all work to do. And we're called to live for God in it. Guy I know started a, a new job in a law firm. He's one of the most humble, loving, Jesus-centered guys that you'll ever meet. And I was, I was chatting to him one day about his new role. And he, he had been there for about a year at this stage. And he told me that in the, the last few months, the, the sort of the senior partners had been coming to him and asking him advice, usually about sort of matters to do with ethics. And he eventually worked up the courage to ask them uh, why they kept coming to him, someone who, who sort of saw himself as a bit of a low-level grunt in the organization. And they said, well, look, we've, we've noticed that you're someone with integrity, that you care about your work and your colleagues, and you, you carry yourself with this, this quiet confidence. And we trust you. And his response was, well, I'm a Christian. I... I, I, I Everything that I do, I just want to try and be like Jesus. I think this guy is a bit like Joseph. He knows that the Lord is with him. He knows that the Lord has placed him there for a reason. And he wants to serve and live for God with his whole life. And people have noticed that positively. It doesn't always happen. Joseph is about to go to prison for two years. Or sorry, for years and years. And in Jesus' case, it leads to a cross. But we're still called to live for God, trusting that he is with us and will one day bring us safely home. So heading back to your desk, into the rest of your working week, do you believe that the Lord is with you? That the God who created the very universe, who loved you so much that he went to a cross to die for you, is with you always? Do you hold on to that? Do you hold on to that at all times? Or are you quick to, to, to blame God or reject him when things go wrong and forget him when everything's going well? The Lord is with you. That promise doesn't mean that you're going to have an easy life, but it does mean that we can have confidence that in the highs and lows, God is there. He understands. He's been through it and he wants to help us through and will one day bring us into his perfect kingdom. And the result of that for us should be the same as it was for Joseph. It should lead us to, to live wholeheartedly for God. As Paul says in, in Ephesians 6, 8, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Working as if working for Christ himself not for your earthly masters or benefits. Not slacking off when the boss isn't around. Not trying to, to people please or, or gain benefits for yourself. But instead living out God's love and showing that Christ-like character. And you may never see the end results of your Christ-like influence. You may just be that link in the chain that God may use years later to lead somebody else to faith. But being that link in the chain for someone, being that Christ-like presence to others, it's so much bigger than all the promotions or bonuses in the world. So whatever your work is, whatever you do day to day, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord. Be the salt and light 
in your little corner of the world that so desperately needs the life that Christ brings. That just as Potiphar saw something of the the true God in Joseph's character and work, people might see your Christ-like character and by God's Spirit will come to glorify their Father in heaven. The Lord is with you. Let other people see it. Let's pray. Lord, um, we come before you uh, this afternoon and we just thank you. Lord, we thank you that you, your word promises time and time again that you are with us. Lord, we thank you that you came to be with us in the person of Jesus, that you lived uh, a life, that you went through the trials and, and, and problems that we face, that you know what we go through, that you've done it. But Lord, we also thank you for what your life meant. Lord, for how your life ended. Lord, in such a horrible way, um, with you dying on the cross. And yet, because of what that meant, because of how that restored our relationship with you, how you took our sins away on that cross, Lord, we can call that horrible event good news. Lord, we thank you that you went through all of that for us, Lord, and that you, by your spirit, are now with us that you will go with us from this place, that you'll go into our lives, into our work with us. Lord, help us to remember that you're there. Help us to live wholeheartedly for you and help us to serve you in every aspect of our lives, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be that Christ-like example. Help us to be an example of faithfulness for others, that people may look at us just as Potiphar looked at Joseph and say, there's something different about that person. I need to find out more about this. Amen.